Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's podcast episode in which I'm joined by somebody that I met some 10 years ago and although we haven't spoken to each other much over that period we definitely have been involved in various organisations of a very similar nature and our paths have crossed so much today that our paths cross on this podcast and I'm pleased to welcome Charlie Lawson to the podcast who is a very unnatural networker. Most experts talk about networking as though it's easy to talk to strangers. Charlie helps other unnatural networkers, a little bit like me, gain confidence by putting networking across from the point of view of someone who would rather avoid it completely. His first book, The Unnatural Networker, was released in 2014 and has helped countless business owners learn how to network effectively. His second book, The Unnatural Promoter, was released in 2021 and focuses on helping people that don't like to blow their own trumpet to be brilliant at self-promotion. Charlie is renowned and highly regarded as a keynote speaker and has gained his expertise from 13 years, which is where I met him, as a UK National Director of BNI, Business Networking International, the international business networking organisation that he and I have been part of for such a long time. In his spare time, actually most of the time, he can be found swimming, biking, I didn't know this, running in triathlons, while trying not to get too depressed of how Spurs, a football team for those listening, uh, or soccer team for those outside of the UK, are doing in the league. And we're going to hear more about Charlie and his networking and his promotions in today's episode. So welcome to today's podcast, Charlie. As we were saying before we started the recording, it's been quite some years since we first met through BNI that you mentioned uh, there in your bio. And it's such a pleasure to catch up after all this time our paths have crossed yet again and uh, great to um, to have you as a guest and thank you for joining us today well thank you for having me on uh, absolutely um yeah it, we get to meet a lot of people through bni and uh, you know when sometimes people come up to me and say oh charlie lovely to meet you and uh, <laughs> i think i don't want to be rude say, but, yeah. but i do remember you and i do sometimes i just need the circumstances or the, or the that's situation. right yeah I don't know about you, Charlie, but I, I find it, and even in social circles, I'm terrible with people's names. Not and terrible. I have to say it over and over and over again before I can remember it. And the number of people that come and talk to you as though you're family and they know your name. How, how's, how's Angela, your wife? And I think I have no clue what your name is. And I, I know I know you, but I can't call you by your name because I've not remembered it. And you feel know, so it, awkward, it, don't you? Can create those awkward moments. My other half, Hannah and I, I do remember her name, fortunately. <laughs> um, we have this little sort of protocol, if you like, between us. It sounds very official, so it's a protocol, but it's, yeah. it's just how we do it. So if we happen to bump into someone or we're at a social event or wherever it might be, and whoever, it'll often be one of us who starts talking the first. 
And if we can't remember the name, then we just deliberately do not introduce. So the other one, so Hannah might come into the conversation and says, oh, hi, I'm Hannah. And, and it just, uh, it's uh... just between us. It's subtle messaging, if you like, that yeah. we don't know who the other person is. Don't yeah. ask me to introduce because it's just going to be created yeah. another even more awkward situation. So yeah. I, I'm with you. It, it, it can be a challenge to remember people's names. There's no, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Yet numbers, I can remember every single telephone number I've ever had. I can remember the registration number of every car say, that I've had. Registration numbers, I'm good with those. And old, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my old phone numbers or, you know, friends' phone numbers from back when we only overcalled landlines. Yeah, now I'm with you on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is strange. But one other thing that I struggle with is if I'm in a room of people and I order some teas and coffees and they say, oh, yeah, mine's milk. No, mine's black. Mine's sugar, mine's two sugar, mine's one sugar. I can never remember that, neither. And I think yeah. it's the people association. <laughs> so I'm going to use that to lead into the first question of what is it that you drink, Charlie, during a normal working day? And tell me a little bit about the shift from one to the other that you mentioned earlier on. Sure, yeah. I mean, firstly, I'm glad you're not asking me to take around an order of drinks. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I, what, I've done many jobs in the past, but waiting staff or being, a, you know, serving oh. serving people in a cafe or something like that, never never done that. But no, so my preferred drink is uh, it's definitely coffee. I love a flat Good. white. And I, I love oat milk these days. Once upon a time, I'd have probably said, well, why do you need to bother with oat milk? But I, I just I, I really like oat milk. It just, just tastes like, I don't have a problem with milk. I like milk generally, but uh, mm. I, I love, love an oat milk, uh, uh, flat white. So uh, that's that's my that's my preferred drink. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't always drink coffee, if I'm honest. Uh, once upon a time, I, I drank tea. And maybe it was there was someone who worked in, this was in the B&I office years and years ago, and she regularly made tea and it just it was it was almost like a constant flow of tea seemed to be coming into <laughs> to, to, to my office and yeah they'll be just sort of drinking oh, i don't really want this this isn't i don't think it's very nice um, i just think coffee is much more interesting uh taste so uh, I, I love i love a coffee love a flat white and i particularly like oat, oat, oat milk with it yeah i mean i i'm a i'm a bit of a tea drinker as well but i drink more coffee when i'm out and about purely because it's easier for people to get right yeah you know i have a way of taking my tea i like the builder's tea i like it he-man colored brown uh yeah i like it piping up very specific how you want it isn't it definitely yeah yeah and and people get it so wrong you know and they show the tea bag from the other side of the room and they think that's a good strong cup of tea no no it's not so even my wife makes and she'll hate it because she does listen to this she makes a terrible cup of tea (laughs) You know, I, it's like, it's like I'm not going to make any comments about no, 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 no. Now, I'm so, with you. And the other thing I sometimes do, if you know when you go around someone's house and they say, "Do you want a tea or coffee?" I'd love a coffee. But before I say that, I'm sneaky. Is it is it going to be just like a jar of Nescafe type type yeah. coffee, or they got a nice coffee machine over there? And you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll have a coffee because I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the night. In fairness, I don't mind if it's instant or in a pot. I prefer it if it's a nice coffee and a nice. Yeah, know, barista machine, but uh, yeah, it still still doesn't uh, negate the difference in quality of tea bags. Definitely not on making of tea. But it's interesting, you know. I've got your first book on the shelf behind me, the Unnatural Networker, and as business owners, everybody expects you to be able to talk and talk to people, talk to strangers, and 
you know, something else that's on the shelf behind me there, you know, I, I won the region's BNI Givers Gain Award in 2007, I think it was. I've been in BNI about 10 years then. And everybody said, oh, you're a great networker. You must love it. I said, I find it the most uncomfortable and unnerving thing out there because talking to people, remembering their names, uh, that gets in the way of me every time. When people come up to you and they know you and you don't know them, that instantly makes me feel uncomfortable. And as a business owner, not just in networking, but in other sort of conversations, it's not that easy to talk and communicate to people. And I know you've got your second book and we might talk about that uh, in a short while, but what would you say is the biggest thing that you've had to overcome and still perhaps overcoming, because I think I'm still on a journey after all these years, to actually becoming a little bit more comfortable with networking. Okay, so the biggest, by far the biggest thing, uh, and I, I still have it every time I go to any sort of networking. So, the, the, you know, I might do a lot of it. I might be very good at it. And, I'm, you know, I train people how to network yeah. successfully. That, that's what I do. But I still find it awkward and still find it um, difficult. So, you know, when you go into, you're going to an event, and you walk in the door, and maybe there's a there's a, an area where you walk in, and then there's the people over there in in, in the next room or in, in the, yeah. the other side of the room. And when you see those people in the other side of the room, obviously they're networking, so they're standing up, they're talking, they're chatting. There's a bit of buzz and hubbub and noise because they're just they're doing what they're doing and networking. I always think, God, they all look like they know what they're doing. Um, you know, what, what am I doing? Honestly, it's, it's, it's almost, whether it's an imposter syndrome type thing or just, it just feels really, ugh. and I, look, I know rationally that when I walk in there, I'll get into a conversation with someone and I'll be absolutely fine. I can have yeah. a chat with anyone. And Correct. once you get into a one-on-one -on -one conversation, it's it's no problem at all. Of course it isn't. But it still just feels, do I want to walk into a room of people where I don't really know anyone or maybe know one or two people or, you know, I just yeah. find that awkward. Um, and, you know, it's easier to hang out with your mates. So I'd rather do that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's that's my where I, my unnatural or the biggest sign of me being an unnatural networker. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of people listening will, will say the same thing as well. You know, uh, for me, one of the things I also find difficult is that I know when I'm networking, I've got to try and speak to as many good conversational people as I possibly can to make the most of the event. And I don't know about you. I'm sure you've had this happen to you, but it happens to me quite a few times where people talk to you and then they keep talking and they keep talking. And that's always a difficult thing for me because I want to move on and talk to somebody else but the person seems to want to keep talking to me because they're comfortable in the conversation uh, that you have. Is that something that you've come across? Is that something you train people on? Yeah, absolutely. This is something that is very commonplace uh, and definitely it's something uh, uh, we talk about uh, regularly and I help clients with. Uh, look, th there's a couple of reasons why you might want to get out of a conversation. And let's just put this side of it first, it may be a good reason to get out of a conversation. It's not always because it's not a good conversation. I just put, sure. put that put that caveat in there. Because, you know, let's say you've had a good conversation with someone and it's you've agreed some good actions, maybe you're going to meet for a coffee next week or whatever you've agreed. If you then hang around like a bit of a bad smell, then yeah, that's going to potentially um, uh, ruin the, the progress made so far. So yeah, you do need to get out of those conversations. Um, but yeah, quite often it's in a situation where you want to get out and 
Look, there's two ways I really talk about how to do it. One is very simple, very clear, and I, I often preface this by saying it really isn't rocket science. But you know, you've got to obviously let them come to a brief pause. But I say, look, it's been lovely meeting you, and offer your hand, nice warm handshake, bit of a smile, and actually just then walk away. Now that may seem quite brutal for some, but let's just think about it for a sec. One, it was nice to meet you. Putting it in the past tense, I'm not Correct. saying it. It was nice to me, you know, I'm saying it just in a normal way, but it, the fact is it is in the past tense and I'm doing it with a nice smile and a handshake. And, you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm not being rude in any way. I think everyone understands that they are there to meet people. And, and look, if someone is really going to take offense at the fact that you have just said, no, I really need to exit this conversation. Well, they're probably, probably not someone you want to build a long-term relationship with right. anyway. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. So that's, that's politely, very clear on that. I think that's a good way to do it. The other one to do it is if you can, in the course of the conversation, ask them who they're they're interested in. My dog barking. Yep. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> is ask them during the course of the conversation. You know who who's good for you. Who's who who do you like to meet? And they might just say, "Oh, I'd love to meet web designers." I'm just picking an example. And if you happen to see someone right there and then. Oh, great, you should come meet this person over here. Clever. You do want to speak web designers and, and you get to do that. Now, being realistic, do you always know enough about the people there or do they walk past at that exact moment? No, that doesn't always happen, clearly. But that's that's why I just fall back on it was lovely to meet you and just being genuine about it, being polite, but being firm and walk away. Yeah. Um, I think it's much better that than saying, oh, right, I'm just going to go and go to the bathroom or can go and get another drink or yeah. you know, then they see like, you don't they they see you wander off to another group and think oh i thought he was going to come back exactly. yeah yeah no, i completely agree i like that and i like the handing off to somebody else as well so you know i've yeah, done that in the past yeah you know if you see a web designer take them up and say oh this person just been having a chat and you might tell them even a little bit of an introduction to show you were listening uh, yeah. and then hand them over to somebody else i think that's a great thing so thinking about your your own business uh, and you know these have been very interesting times in the last couple of years as we've been getting back to some normality in in various elements of marketing networking self promotion etc what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've been working on in your own business charlie because i know there's been quite a lot of change in what you've been doing as well well, certainly my, my personal circumstances have changed dramatically, having uh, obviously we, we met through BNI and I was very much involved in BNI. I still am associated with the organisation, I'm just not with it uh, on, a, on a day day to day basis. Um, so I do do the, the odd projects here and there for, for BNI or, or speak uh, opportunity or things like that. Um, but yeah, from uh, from my personal point of view, yeah, my, my role has completely changed and I've gone from someone who was running a big organisation um, doing networking obviously to helping people with networking because that's still very much uh, what i what i love to, to help people with but in a very different sphere so i'm working on my own um i don't have a, a big team i don't have a i still have yeah. a network but it's in a, in a different format so very much i've been using my network um as I, I can and one of the things i've definitely had to do is build relationships and build a network in a new industry so particularly for me it's just it's my uh, focus is professional services people be that legal accountants um sure. architects financial various, various sectors like that um so building a network and building my contacts on linkedin for example this has been a big focus for me in the last right. uh, year or so is i don't mean 
binning off the old BNI network and finding a new network. I mean, just right. transitioning the network somewhat um, from one audience to another. So that's probably the, the major shift I've been making in the last uh, 12 months or so. Yeah. And it's interesting you, you mentioned that because you know, I've always seen ever since, and I joined BNI in 1997. So that's how long I've been a member on and off. I think I've had two stints of 18 months when I've not been a member. But the, the key thing for me was that I always saw it as an integrated part of my marketing and my other networking. So I was still a member of a chamber. I still ran various construction groups because that was my business many years ago. And it's not one standalone, is it? You know, you've, you've got to link the networks together, including the social networks. And LinkedIn is a great one. Uh, you know, our, our group in Sheffield is doing a great job of bringing visitors and we're bringing visitors through LinkedIn. Um, mm. And you know, I think too many people try and separate those networks and those communities when really they're actually cross-linked, if not directly linked as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, look, some, sometimes people say, right, I'm going to go and put my networking hat on, metaphorically, obviously, um, going to an event or spending some time on LinkedIn or whatever, whatever bit of networking they're doing. And well, for two reasons, that's not a good thing to do. One, I just don't think you're going to be yourself. And that's maybe another topic to explore. But yeah. two, like you say, it should be a joined up strategy. The fact is you are doing for whatever reason you're doing your networking for, be that for most people, because they want to grow a business or, you know, develop within their profession. Uh, you know, I, I guess there's plenty of employees who will who will not be necessarily bringing in business in the same way. But whatever your goal is, it's it's all work. It's you know, it's not like you. Right. I finished networking now. I'm back to back to my job. You're networking for your job, for your business. It is it is your business. I think the key is having a strategy to have maybe two, three, four networks that you're operational in. If you have too many, you'll be just too thinly spread and you won't be able to give each one the attention it needs uh, and uh, or and deserves. So, yeah, maybe a, a BNI is a, is a good way, good one, good network. A chamber is a good sort of open networking forum. Um, and I'd always suggest LinkedIn as a as a social network. It's sort of the professional social network, if you will. I think that's a that would be a good starting point for anyone who's thinking, where where do I go with this with, with creating a strategy? Yeah, yeah. And I completely agree. And I'm I'm always amazed when people try to connect with me on LinkedIn, and then you look and you see that they're a member of 147 groups on LinkedIn. If you, how can you participate in 147 groups? You know, choose what you're going to do and do it well. Don't just scatter yourself yeah, everywhere. Definitely. Much better to go for consistency of approach, even if if that's slightly lower than peaks yeah. and troughs. So yeah, I, I, I definitely work with clients who say, right, that's it. I'm going to go and post on LinkedIn five times a week, yeah. and then you know they do it for two days, and then suddenly the the profile's left unattended, yeah. um, you know, for months yeah. on end. So no, it, it definitely consistent at lower level approach is better than than aiming for the stars yeah. and not hitting it. So uh, I'm intrigued in on your next book, your second book, uh, Unnatural Promotion or in, in, Unnatural Promoter. Uh, and I'll tell you for why, because I used to have a client that I met through uh, B&I when I first became a business coach and they repaired leather um, holes, holes in leather suites, holes in leather car seats. And these people were exceptional. They repaired a hole that a dog had chewed in the side of my car seat. And I right. couldn't believe you couldn't see it when they'd finished it. And I said, you need to tell more people about this. You know, you need to 
tell people how good you are at doing what you do. And they said, oh, no, we can't. We can't do that. You know, uh, our clients will recommend us and they tell everybody how good they are. And uh, I, one of the things I said to them, you know, because they said, well, we'd rather not promote our own business. We'd rather not be the people that say how good we are. I said, well, if you won't, who else will? Yeah, and yeah, obviously that's the subject of, of your second book. Tell us a little bit more about this unnatural promoter and give us some insights to that that the listeners might be able to take away. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, firstly, I obviously love the word unnatural. Uh, you know, I've just become a theme in my uh, in my. I can see that. <laughs> no, uh, so I can tell you exactly where the unnatural promoter concept was born, and it became the day that the unnatural network in my first book was uh, was published. So I remember, I remember it clearly. Uh, it was a, a do in the office, uh, and the team there. Had, this was the the launch party for the unnatural network, and I think there was sort of 75, 80 people coming along. After work, do Tim in the office had done an amazing job doing the place up, and they decorated it, and they put nibbles out, and there was Great. bubbly and all that kind of thing, just fantastic. Um, and let's say the event started at six o'clock. I can't remember exactly, but six till eight, that sort of time frame. Where was I at five to six as guests were literally in the building already? I was upstairs <laughs> trying to avoid the situation, partly because I'm not a networker, but also because I didn't like to shout about it. Now, yeah. I said the, this word before, I said, rationally, you know, when you think about it, you know that people did want to be there. They wanted to celebrate the fact that I've written a book. They wanted to ask questions about it. Maybe we wanted to get a copy and get it signed. All these things. I, I know that people genuinely want to do that. I find it uncomfortable, but I know they genuinely wanted to do it. Yeah. But I still find it a bit awkward to go and shout about it and promote myself. And I think so many people turning to, to, to listeners here now will probably find situations where they know they're good at what they do in whatever walk of life you're in whatever your your field is yeah. you know you're good at what you do and yet you'll see other people who get opportunities over you and it's because they're willing to shout about themselves it's because they're willing to make a yeah. make a difference for themselves a couple of quick tips first one uh, i'll give you a, uh, well i'll give a specific one and then a more general one specific one video is such a great way to promote yourself now I'm talking mainly on social social networks now, LinkedIn in particular, I guess. Um, and you know we've all got a smartphone. We've all got a, you know, compared to what we had 20 years or 10 years ago, even, yeah, yeah. you know, we've just got this studio in our hand basically that can can then do stuff. And you don't have to have perfect lighting. You have to just get the basics right. But here's the challenge for a lot of us unnatural promoters: we don't want to do it because we think we look weird. I don't know if you've ever felt that. <laughs> You yeah. see yourself on video, you hear yourself, your your voice on a, on a on a tape, and you think, that's not what I look like, that's not, that's not what <laughs> yeah. I look like. You know what, there's actually some science here, I won't go into the absolute details of it, but essentially what you're doing, when you see yourself looking weird, you are the only person who sees yourself looking weird. Everyone else just sees you. Why? Because the only place you usually see yourself is in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. And what does a mirror do? It transposes our face. Now, we are not you know, it's, we're not symmetrically, it's just, obviously it's very similar from side to yeah, side, yeah. but it's not completely symmetrical. So when you see yourself, you think, hang on, that's not me. That's not what I look like. But actually that's what, because everyone else just sees you in the way. Never thought of that, yeah. So there you go. There's a little one for unnatural promoters. Be brave. Okay, I accept it's still a bit brave to press post once you've done the video, but I promise you, 
promise you, no one is judging what you look like because that's something that I know I've felt and I know I have plenty yeah. of unnatural promoters think that. So that's a specific one. A general principle, you know what? If you don't feel comfortable shouting about yourself, build a good network around you and get them to shout about you. Now, you said that, you know, the example of the the, the leather repairer, you know, it's great. We'll get our clients to do it. Yeah, yes, they will. But how can you rely on that being a strategy? What yeah. you can do, though, is get the people around you, get your raving fans around you who are your network and you're doing something for them, so they might do something for you. And that's where you can really, as an unnatural promoter, uh, get yourself shouted about properly uh, and maybe not have to do it yourself, which is, is the bit that makes people find uncomfortable. Yeah, it's interesting as you were talking there, Charlie, because you know, my, my first ever business coach I had when I became a business coach uh, used to use me to promote uh, his business to prospective coaches that were going to join him and he i asked him why he was sending so many people my way to talk to and he said clearly it's for one main reason he said you tell them warts and all so you tell them all the great things that i've done for you but you also yeah. say some of the things that i'm not as quite as good as i could be at he says yeah. and everybody's feedback everybody that i send to you signs up because everybody believes what you say and then they will work around the things that they aren't so good at. So sometimes the promoter is about how great you are, but actually sometimes we have to be a little bit vulnerable. So I'm really good at this, but I could be slightly better at that. And for him, that had a 100% conversion rate his yeah it leads me on to think about you know just the general principle of what we do you know when we're buying anything what would you do when you're booking a airbnb for the you know a weekend away you read the reviews of all the places and when you read the review it's a third party testimonial as opposed to obviously the person who letting the place out is going to say well it's lovely look at all the facilities we've got look at the great location but when you hear warts and all from the people who booked it before and you know get a third party social proof that's when uh, when it when it works. So yeah, using that principle um, yeah, really helps. Yeah, and and I think third party uh, is essential, but also I think sometimes as business owners, particularly in today's world, people want to see that little bit of vulnerability and that little bit of authenticity is the word, isn't it? That yeah, sometimes you can say, "I am amazing at this," but actually, this I'm okay at, but could be better, kind of thing. Yeah. You never want to be really dissing yourself but you know sometimes it's other things so you've given us some great things to think about and some great insights tell us how people can find out more about you where would you like to send the listener to today um a couple of places obviously spring to mind website is an easy places to find me uh, or on linkedin that's uh, I'm, i've gone from two to three already so website linkedin they're easy places to find unnaturalsuccess.com uh, but in particular uh, and you'll see this on the website you'll see it on my linkedin i do a i have a little quiz everyone loves a quiz i mean who doesn't yeah, love yeah. A quiz? i'm going to take the quiz <laughs> how good at networking are you that's what the quiz is called it takes three or four minutes it's free and when you put the thing in okay you do have to give me your email address uh, but don't worry i don't take it personally if people want to unsubscribe that's absolutely fine um, but you know whatever happens you'll get a, a few little hints and tips to help it, help you make you a bit of networker uh, whatever whatever you've scored you know based on your results it's a personalized personalized thing so uh, yeah love people to take that and uh, and uh, yeah if i can help you with their networking love, love to so, have a conversation so we we the, give us the website address again so it's unnaturalsuccess.com yeah unnaturalsuccess.com and is there somewhere 
other than that, they can get the quiz, or is that the best place um, for them to go? It to pops take up immediately on the homepage, so you'd see it. Uh, if you look, find me on LinkedIn, Charlie Lawson on LinkedIn. Uh, I post about it pretty regularly, and it's one of it's the pin post or feature post just, just below the uh, um, the latest one. So yeah, you can find it easily there too. Great. So um, if you were to give the listeners a lesson or a tip, so it might be on networking, it might be on promotion, it might be something completely different. You know, you've gone through such a significant shift of having that back office team behind you and, and now where you are. If you wanted to give the listener a tip, something they can take away that they can do something with, what would that be today? Uh, look, there's, there's loads of things that I, I could talk about. I mean, I just forgive me, just going off on a slight tangent. You mm. said I've gone from a team to being on my own. I had to raise an invoice today for a client. <laughs> it's so much easier when <laughs> One day, I'll, the, well, the business will grow and I'll be in a position where I can have someone else raise the that, That'll be good. Uh, no, no, uh, in all seriousness. Um, what One thing that I'd suggest people do, I, I, look, I my big thing for uh, the moment, early 2024 we're speaking now, is collaboration. I just think collaboration is so okay. powerful. Uh, so many people try and go it alone, and I'm not saying you shouldn't try and go it alone. You know, I've, I've gone it alone in, in setting up a business. But I think the power of we, the, the people around us, our network around us, if you can collaborate and work with people, that's when life becomes more interesting. And you know what? For me, networking, I mentioned it before about, you know, people putting their networking hat on. So, right, I'm off networking now, and where we go. Actually, just be yourself when you're networking. Um, yeah. You know, when you're yourself and one, you don't have to make anything up, you can just be yourself. And the chances are you're going to have more fun doing it. If networking isn't fun, then you're not going to do it. You know, it's, it's going to make it a drag. It's going to make it hard work. Be yourself. Have a laugh. Have some fun with it. And as I say, collaborate with others. Work with other people and, and to make a difference for each other. Um, it's It's so powerful. Yeah, I, I can sense the title of the next book coming, uh, Charlie. Uh, unnatural Collaborator is the next one. There are various unnaturals that are in, 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 in prospect. I'm actually most of the way through writing first draft of The Unnatural Public Speaker. Um, ah, okay. Bit yeah. of a cheat, that one. I actually love public speaking. But I've got, yeah. as I said earlier, I, I just love the word unnatural, so I'm sick yeah. of that. But yeah, there's there's various other unnaturals planned. So, uh, yeah. yeah, watch this. Great. Place. All right, yep. So I just want to share one quick thing because you know we've talked a lot about unnatural and i think the important thing for anybody listening to this is that we can still be amazingly good at what we do but still be unnatural because it's what we do to overcome that that status that we feel that we're in isn't it and what we're not talking is about we're a poor networker or we're a poor promoter it's just for many of us on the outside, it looks very polished and very great, but actually on the inside, it's very unnatural and it's feeling very uncomfortable. And I think we should give everybody permission that feels like that when they stand up in front of a network. It's okay to feel like that on the inside and still be polished and put the effort in and the time in to be you know, exceptional on the outside. So, uh, yeah. And if you can get the two closer together, and be more authentic, then that's that's a winning combination, isn't it? And you have more fun, as you said. So I'm going to ask you a final question then, Charlie. Uh, and I'm going to ask this, as I do for most, most authors. If you're going to have your next coffee in a dream location, where would that dream location be? And what would 
the book be by your favourite author that you would be reading? Favourite author and location. Ooh, yeah. um, and it can okay, be fictional or business, it doesn't matter, just just the favourite author. Um, no, I'll, I'll definitely go business. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not one for, I'm not a massive reader of fiction books in particular. Yeah. Uh, I like to listen to books as I go running. That's that's my, that's my way of taking take it in. Um, so, uh, no, business author, um, ugh, just, oh, in fact, I'm going to go with a, a, I'm not going to say this is my favourite. It's just, you know, when you read a book, in fact, I listen to this book as I do with all, and then if I like it, I tend to buy the book and then make notes all over it. Oh. You're not going to be able to see this because this is the this is on an audio, but uh, you'll be able to see this. Oh, um, my favourite! Yeah, I, I've just got so many notes and things <laughs> to, to, yeah. to do with the rock. So the book I'm holding up is called "Building a Story Brand" by Donald Miller. Very, yeah. very practical advice about how you can uh, how you can um, put your yourself out to market. Good for unnatural promoters that one uh, as yeah. well. I should, I should say as well. Uh, yeah. And where would I be? Um, I love Paris. My fa- one of my favourite ah, cities. Okay. I love Paris. Sing, sitting down by the by the Seine with a coffee uh, and yeah. and uh, and reading that. Yeah, no, yeah. there you go. Well, I was going to say we're almost twins because I do exactly the same with books. I listen to them, then I buy the hard copy if they're good, and then I study the book. I don't. I never read a physical book. But I study. I love the post-it yeah, notes yeah. and I love little things. But yeah, yeah. I love Paris. I, well, I like Paris, but I don't love Paris. Yeah, you know, I could definitely. I'm more of a mountain person than a city right. person. So uh, yeah, that's where the, that's where the twin relationship uh, broke up right there. <laughs> no, I lo- love love it. I used to live there. Well, I was a student uh, in Paris, so yeah. Um, ah. Theoretically, I speak a bit of French, um, but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna practice right now. So. No, no. no well, I've just come back from France from a ski trip, so uh, yeah, my French hasn't got any better by being skiing either. <laughs> Look, you've been an amazing guest, Charlie. Um, you've given us so many insights, so many things. Definitely, everybody listening, I would recommend you read both of Charlie's books, The Unnatural Networker and The Unnatural Promoter. Uh, look out for the others coming up uh, and just give us the website again so we all know where to go. It's unnaturalsuccess.com. Unnaturalsuccess.com. And I love that way that's going to cover so many different titles that are going to come up as well and so many different programmes. People can check you out on LinkedIn, check out the website, and thanks for being an amazing guest. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And listeners, all you need to do now are three things. Leave a review of the podcast. Tell us what you learned and what you've done with what you've learned. And, of course, subscribe so that you can get notification of any changes to episodes. Uh, And as we're coming to the end of this current series, there are going to be Uh, bonus episodes added in the future so if you subscribe you're not too late you'll still get to know when other things are coming up as well thank you for listening don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business do get in touch with simon and to discover what your business needs you to fix next visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and simon would love you to rate and review the show too thank you Thank you.